The National Tillage Conference was held a few weeks ago and covered some excellent topics. We will revisit some of these excellent talks in the podcast as they provide great insight into the research being carried out in Chagas Oak Park. Nitrogen fertilizer use and yield are the main factors affecting carbon footprint. The carbon footprint of Irish grain is low by international standards. Given that we have some of the highest yields in the world, that's not surprising. What this will do, uh, once, once we can apply it, is it'll be an, an, it's an endorsement of the sector's credentials to stakeholders in the value chain. So people buying uh, grain, you know, they can see that, what that what's being produced on Irish farms is of low environmental impact. You are listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. In this episode, John Spink, the Head of Crops, Environment and Land Use in Chagas, presented Irish tillage data using the new Carbon Calculator tool, which is programmed with specific Irish scientific data. John starts by providing some context to carbon calculations. There are two carbon accounting methods and people often get confused between them. They have what are called different system boundaries, so different things are included in them. The first one is uh, the, the IPCC, or Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change Approach, and that's what's used for the national inventory, uh, you know, for, for calculating Ireland, Ireland's emissions. And the second one is the Life Cycle Assessment, or LCA, and that's used to, to calculate the carbon footprint of a product. And it's per kilogram of, of uh, grain, or per litre of milk, or k- uh, kilo of meat, or whatever you want, but it's, a, it's the carbon footprint of the product. For both of these, you need two things. You need what's called activity data, so that's things like the type of fertilizer you've used, the amount of fertilizer you've used, the cultivation methods that you've used. And in the case of the, of the LCA, obviously you also need to know the yield of the crop because that's what you're dividing the emissions per hectare by uh, however many tons you've produced. Um, and uh, the second thing that you need then is an emissions factor, and there are various options for emissions factor. The, the basic level is a tier one international default value, but you can produce more precise uh, carbon footprints by either using tier two or tier three uh, values, which are national national figures, or then even more detailed where you need to model it. But I think the point is that as you produce a more precise uh, um, emissions factor, you also need more activity data to go with it, okay? And I'm not going to go through all the emissions factors and bore you with a heap of numbers, but these are just some of the ones, and these are particularly related to the, to the nitrous oxide emissions, the on-farm nitrous oxide emissions. So uh, for chemical N application, you've got uh, uh, CAN or NPK at the top. We have national figures for these work that uh, we've done in Chagas over the years, has established how much of the nitrogen you apply is, is, is emitted. So in the case of CAN, it's 0.35% of the N. If we were to use the international default, that would be 1% of the N. So our emissions from CAN are about a third of what they would be. But also to point out then there are emissions associated with the nitrogen in crop residues or the emissions from the uh, nitrogen in organic materials, and we don't have uh, local national emissions factors for those, so we have to use in our calculations the tier one factor. Uh, that's obviously something we're going to need to do more research on because I suspect, and I think most people suspect, that those figures uh, are significantly higher than they will be in reality in Ireland. Now, normally for an LCA, you're counting the emissions associated with producing something, and you'll all have heard of offsetting, uh, or in this case, it's insetting because it's within the system. 
you don't normally include them in, in the LCA, but we've, we've, we've included them that we can add them into the calculations. So this is the amount of CO2 per hectare that's sequestered if you incorporate the straw. And this is assuming a straw yield of four tonnes a hectare. And you can see that if you're on light soils, you'll, you'll uh, of that four tonnes, uh, you'll, you'll sequester just under a tonne of, of CO2 into the soil, whereas if you're at the other end on a heavy clay soil, it'll be about twice that, or just over two tonnes. So we've incorporated that into the calculations. And what we've done is we've run through some of the data from Dermot's rotational experiment that Jack and Dermot uh, mentioned earlier, and this is five years of data from 2016 to 2020. So I'm just going to go through some of that very briefly with you. So these are the calculated carbon footprints uh, for each of the crops in the rotation. Uh, you've got the rotational crops there from uh, left to right, and then uh, the last two columns on the right-hand side compare winter wheat grown as part of the rotation or continuous winter wheat, and these for the plough-based cultivations. And you can see the continuous winter wheat has a slight, slightly higher carbon footprint. That's because it has slightly higher nitrogen uh, rates applied and also because it's slightly lower yielding. And just looking at the, uh, the, what contributes to that carbon footprint of the wheat, you can see on the, on the right-hand side is the, is the carbon that's embedded in the fertiliser we use, and that's accounting for nearly half of the total CO2 emissions for our crops. And then uh, the lighter green slice um, is, the, is the emissions that are associated with applying the fertiliser, not the diesel for the tractor, but what comes off when you actually apply the nitrogen to the soil. And that's about another 24%. So about three quarters of the emissions uh, associated with wheat production are to do with nit uh, nitrogen fertilizer. Fuel production and use, so that's uh, obviously uh, tractors, machinery for harvest, and about 14%. Crop residues there, it comes in the calculation at about 10%. As I said, we don't have local emissions factor, so I think that's pos possibly uh, over, um, overestimated. Uh, seed is about 3% and crop protection is about 1%. That's the embedded carbon in, in crop protection products that you would apply. So in, in Dermot's experiment, uh, he obviously has the cultivation methods, uh, and this is the, the, the CO2 emissions for those crops either grown using uh, shallow minimum tillage or ploughing, and you can see there's not really much difference between the two. Uh, that's because although you're using slightly less diesel in the minimum tillage uh, compared to the plough, when you look across these five years that we looked at anyway, there's a tendency for the minimum tillage to be slightly lower yielding. So the two things offset each other, and overall the carbon footprint is, uh, is very similar. So as I mentioned, we've built in the ability to account for, for carbon sequestered by the straw if you incorporated the straw. Now in Dermot's experiment, he didn't incorporate the straw, but we've done the calculations for what would happen had he incorporated the straw. So this is the uh, kilograms of CO2 equivalent per tonne of grain produced uh, and that would be sequestered if you incorporated the straw from winter wheat, winter oilseed rape, winter oats and winter barley. And you can see there's a, there's a higher straw yield on the winter oats, so you're sequestering more carbon. And the, the other, at the other end of the range, there's winter oilseed rape. So we can now superimpose that over the emissions for those crops. Um, so in brown is the gross emissions that I showed you earlier uh, for four of the crops, and in green is the net. So that's what's left after you've accounted for the carbon sequestered in the straw. And you can see there for winter oats, if you can account for the carbon sequestered in the straw, you're getting very close to, to uh, zero uh, in terms of the emissions uh, that are left after carbon sequestration. So just to conclude, uh, nitrogen fertilizer use and yield are the main factors affecting carbon footprint. 
we need to do further uh, research to refine some, refine some of the emission factors where we're currently having to use tier one figures. The carbon footprint of Irish grain is low by international standards, given that we have some of the highest yields in the world, that's not surprising. Um, and you know, we're hoping or what this will do uh, once, once we can apply it is it'll be an, an, it's an endorsement of the sector's credentials to stakeholders in the value chain. So people buying uh, grain, um, you know, they can see that, what that what's being produced on Irish farms is of low environmental impact. So that's it for this episode. And my thanks to John for presenting at the conference. And we will revisit more talks from the conference throughout the year. The Tillage Winter Crop Walks continue this week. And tomorrow, Friday, February the 16th, a crop walk will take place in Jimmy Flynn's farm in Swords County, Dublin, and also in Kildalton College, Piltown, County Kilkenny. Both start at 11am. And everybody is welcome. So finally, if you enjoyed the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.